So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the 15-Minute Friday. For this episode, where we break down what we got going on, projects that are currently happening, deals that we are closing or trying to get done, and really show you how we practice what we preach and give you numbers and give you more of an in-depth look at our operations, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. This one, I wanted to take a little different approach on it because it's a it's a little more, I'm, I'm going to talk about here exactly what we're doing, how it relates to our new office building, what we're putting in, and also projects that we have going on. Um, we talk a lot about cultivating opportunities and how that plays in. And really, this is about like reputation and building reputation within the industry. Now, this is something I'm extremely passionate about. I, I grew up in a sales um, environment, right? That's what That was my first career. That was my first job. I was going and selling companies insurance. I grew up, though, in Idaho. And for all of you that know Idaho, not the one in the Midwest, the one that's next to Montana and Wyoming, the one in the Rocky Mountains, it's a small place. And when I grew up, it was even smaller place. Uh, it was born in a small town in southern Idaho that nobody knows and raised in Boise, Idaho, which um, when I was growing up was still small. And in this small community and having a job where you're selling business to business, everybody knows who you are. And it's one of those towns where if, if you screw up or you screw somebody, no one ever forgets it. And I grew up going to a movie and I knew if I was going to sneak into a rated R movie, like I wanted to go sneak into whatever it was like Matrix or I can't even remember the movies back then, in the 90s, early 90s. If I wanted, you know, me and my buddies wanted to sneak into a rated R movie, I knew that somebody was going to be there and they were going to see me and they were going to tell my parents, you know, it was that, it was that kind of town. I just, I, you don't have, you couldn't do that kind of crap and I couldn't get away with it. And so that's always been very important to me where growing up where you got to help your neighbors, your reputation is extremely important and that's all you have. And that it is a very fragile thing. The minute that it's gone, it's gone and you can rebuild everything. But reputation is one of those things that, you know, you may never not be able to rebuild. And reputation is the basis of opportunity creation, deal making, it goes a long way. A perfect example of this is the reputation that we have in the space of being a really good storage operator, having low debt, and managing our businesses and our finances well. Always putting partners, lenders, and everybody first before us. We give before we take. That creates an environment where people come to us. We actually have lenders that come to us and say, hey, could you start buying in the space? Because we would like to be in the space, but we're a little nervous about it. So we don't, we're not, we've, we're turning down all these people, but we'd like you to. So where they're telling other people to hit the road and get out of here, they're coming to us, asking us to go and buy, and they want to put money with us. And it's purely on reputation. They're coming to us because they know that their money is safe. They know that when they do a deal with us, 
We're not going to screw them. We're not going to default. This has just been a cornerstone of doing business. And it's something we talk about within our company, our organization, our employees. You represent us. Please, please, you know, maintain yourself with integrity. So with that said, you know, we're downtown and we're, we're working with this company and we were getting a bid on furniture, different things. It, this company had already been in and actually talked to us and we didn't realize it. We're now talking to the same, same company. They were really good about giving us just a feel, like a local one-on-one feel. They had this great reputation, this great team. They really rolled out the red carpet for us. And, you know, when you're doing things like this, especially when you're coming from sales, it really is those little things that matter. Those little things make a huge difference to you because they change the decision makings of others. And I talk about how wealth is not, you know, wealth doesn't exist on an island. It doesn't exist in a space and time where it's only you. And the media does a horrible job of representing what rich and the wealthy who they are and how it works. The reason is, is because you know, it's how we learn and grows the, the ability to tell stories. And that's how we remember things. They, they pick a hero, right? You, you have that one character that stands out above it all. And everything that goes into it, the pain, the risk, and all the people that helped get that person there can disappear in our minds. And then we view it as, oh, this one person came out and took on the whole world and they won, which is just nonsense. It doesn't even make sense because you are only wealthy if you have buyers. You are only wealthy if you have customers, if you have tenants, if you have people that you are conducting a transaction with. So even if you did it completely on your own and not one person ever, not a vendor, not a computer, nothing, you know, which doesn't happen, you still have to have the customers. So wealth is a team sport. It always has been, and it always will be. And it comes down to people. And this is an element that you just can't take out of the equation. And I see so many people right now, and they try to take that element out of the equation, and it doesn't work. You know, it's something I pass on to my kids. There are consequences for not being an honorable person, for lying. And the consequences are massive. So when we look at these deals that we're getting, we get deals that other people won't see because we have a relationship that we know when we say we're going to close a deal, we don't jerk around the buyers. We don't jerk around the brokers. We are upfront and we move fast. We do what we say we're going to do. We, we, people know that when we come to the table, when we say that we're going to do something, we don't just talk, we actually execute. This allows you to move much, much, much quicker. So if you're trying to hit your goals, it allows you to streamline because you also then in return attract to the people that are ready to move. If you are going to make a deal and if you're ready to buy and you have a broker and this happened, it actually happened about three months ago, a broker brought a deal to us to buy. And when it all came down, the contract that we had, he put in front of us, the seller wasn't really ready to sell. He wanted it to be like non-exclusive. So while we're doing our due diligence, while we're trying to get financing, because we're going to give him what he's asking for, in case a better deal comes along, he wants to give it to him. And we're like, this isn't a seller. And I was so upset. And uh, the reason I was upset at this deal was because we weren't told 
and we felt as if we were misled and that the broker had represented something that wasn't true. Immediately when that happened, trust was gone, hung up the phone, and he's like, well, would you, what do you want to go back? We didn't even respond back to him. We've been working on this for a long time, and it was just you know, one of those you're dead to me moments. And that's how it is. He broke our trust. We'd never work with him again. If he sent deal to us, we wouldn't even respond to it. it lots of times you need to be ready and you need to make sure you're ready to play in the game. We always put institutions, banks, everybody in front of us, our employees, they always get paid before we do. And this is a lasting principle that at scale, a lot of people think is hard to achieve, which it may be because you have lots of different branches of your organizations, lots of different things going on, and they represent you. And there's this idea that you can't control everything. I, I dislike that very much. I feel like that's a, a way to shift blame. If our people do something that we don't like, obviously, we have to let them go, but we hired them. It's our fault. Legally, financially, I always have the consequence of it. So I take it on. And I think, too, I, I and, you know... Growing up in a small town, my father was one of those people that just didn't like like these unjust people. He didn't like people that were not honest in their dealings, and it was like he'd do anything to stop it and not, not work with them. But then the people that you partner with, you partner with for life, and you do anything for them. That pays dividends that can never be measured by anyone. That pays dividends that a lot of people would say are old-fashioned but those are the things that build lasting wealth. And I, I, and I sincerely mean this. Our wealth has come from others, from lasting relationships, and us helping other people and making other people successful. I, I just don't think that's a principle that ever goes away. And I really wanted to talk about it. And maybe I'm just standing up on my soapbox, and that's okay. But I think it's important. And I think it's important for anyone that may be trying to find the shortcuts and just looking for a good deal and doesn't mind burning people in the process, this, this is your time to say, hey, listen, don't go for the shortcuts. Don't go for the, the quick buck. Make it last and the buck will last too. So that's our 15-minute Friday. Uh, we've been buying furniture, and I've just been thinking a lot about this because of how it's a small town and how it came back. And two, even if you don't live in a small town, industries are small. I got to tell you, I, I know people in the storage industry that are even kind of like marketers and things like that, and they just got a bad name, and, and it just resonates within the industry. And it's like, I don't know that they can turn that around. You don't want to be that guy. You need to start off right, and the people that are successful within an industry, you need to surround yourself, but they will not surround themselves with you. You know, industries, economics, this stuff, this is built by people. And you can usually burn people once, but the people that are at the top of the game, the people that are excelling, the people that are, you know, they are just the go-getters. They're out there. They're dominating their industry, and they work their brains out every day to excel, they don't have time for that. They don't have time for it. And they're okay, you know, making mistakes, but they never make it again. So it's, you know, it is kind of a one shot and they don't care if you mess up and it, that's not what it's about. It's just about having that integrity and 
keeping those long lasting relationships. So anyways, that's what I've been thinking about dealing with a bunch of vendors right now on it. You can check out more speaking. Oh, so speaking of self-storage, because we're doing the self-storage project, I don't know if how many people know, but we have a self-storage specific podcast called Self-Storage Income, which that's just for the people out there that are super boring like me and weird because they love the self-storage industry. We really go in deep. We only focus on self-storage in that podcast and that YouTube channel. And it's just about buying, operating, creating wealth through that particular investment vehicle. So if you do love storage or you're interested in getting in anything, you can check that out, self-storage income on YouTube and on the podcast. Other than that, everybody, Thank you so much. Please subscribe and please give us a five-star review. This really gives great feedback for us. Um, lets us know that you're liking what you're hearing. One of the reasons, too, that we did bring this up is because I got an email and it, somebody was asking questions about this and I, and I got a bunch of email from you guys and I'm making videos on YouTube from what I'm getting from our listeners and our viewers. I love it. It is super helpful to us and it kind of guides the direction and the content and delivering value and uh, really teaching what we're doing depending on what you want because it's not really about what I want. So let us know. We love it and I hope you enjoyed this 15-minute Friday. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.